the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. It's time now for a smart plane talk regarding politics, Israel, and the law. This is the Victory Hour with Andrew Parker of Parker Daniels Keyboard. Wise counsel, winning results. Now, here's your host, Andrew Parker. I'm impressed with my attorney burning. I'm impressed with his influential friends. He's got very big connections, and I follow... It's Sunday, 4 o'clock, and that means it's the best hour in radio of the week. It is the Victory Hour, and each Sunday, as you know, we talk politics, Israel, and the law. Simply smart, plain talk. I say it the way I see it. I learn, I evolve, I try to every day, and... Uh, I've been learning all this past week, I can tell you that, and it struck me that, it didn't just strike me, but but certainly over the past week it certainly has, that the world looks quite a bit different depending on who we choose as our leaders. The comparison is stark. It didn't, it wasn't always that way. Uh... I know uh, a few decades ago, people would lament that the Democrats and the Republicans are about the same. Certainly, they had widely divergent world views and views on domestic policy here in our country. Uh, But in the end, it didn't seem that policy differences and the inertia that occurs in Washington was causing significant change or movement. Well, that's certainly not the case today, and we're going to talk about that on the show today. It's just me and you. Uh, So give a call if you like. If I have some time, and I do have a lot to cover, uh, call at 651-289-4488. But we are going to cover quite a bit. So have that yellow pad, number two pencil ready. Have your Boston manual uh, pencil sharpener in hand so that you can crank that sucker on uh, that lead and keep it sharp. Take some notes. uh, As we're going to talk about a number of issues Today, related to the stark difference and the fact that our choices have real consequences. It may seem obvious, but again, uh, just a number of years ago, that, that really wasn't much of the case. It wasn't going to be a watershed shift like we see now. And we're going to talk 
as I say about that, in, in, in the context of a number of issues that affect our lives every day in a significant way because of the decisions being made either at state capitals or in Washington, D.C. You know, if you've been listening, I know that many of you have, as we have regular listeners, coast to coast, you can live stream the show every Sunday at 4 o'clock, wherever you are. Uh, We have listeners in Israel, uh, not just coast to coast, uh, and in the U.K., but also from uh, Florida to New York, across uh, to uh, uh, Texas, North Dakota, Nevada, and California. Regulars. You're listening. And so if you have been, you know that over the last several weeks, we have had perhaps, and you know, we pride ourselves over the years on having top guests uh, from... Ben Shapiro to Rudy Giuliani uh, to more uh, of the local brand in terms of our U.S. senators here, Amy Klobuchar and Tina Smith. All of them have been on the show. We cover right to left. We have friends on both sides of the aisle while we disagree. We debate and discuss the issues, as I say. Smart, plain talk. We've had a number of uh, leaders from the state of Israel as well as ambassadors to the United States from the state of Israel, and we talk Israeli policy. We try to educate in that regard. But over the last several weeks, we have had uh, really a great group of guests, beginning with 2nd Congressional District Congresswoman Angie Craig. And then uh, the next week, we had her opponent, Uh, Tyler Kistner, who's going to be running against uh, Congresswoman Craig this next time around. So the two of them were on. Then we had Jennifer Carnahan, immediately past chair of the Republican Party in the state of Minnesota, on the show. And the current chair who took her spot, David Hahn, was on right after that. We had Hennepin County Sheriff's Race, both candidates, Jay Hansen, and current Sheriff David Hutchinson, Hutch, was, was on the show. Uh, and we talked law and order. We talked about the largest county in the state of Minnesota and one of the largest in the country and how law and order is handled and what they have thought about uh, the recent upheaval in Hennepin County uh, and the issues of crime. Then we had... Uh, major candidate for the open Hennepin County attorney seat, which will be open uh, upon the retirement of the current Hennepin County attorney. And Ryan Winkler is running for that seat. He's currently House Majority Leader. He was on the show as well recently. And coming up, jot this down, we'll have Michelle Fishbach on the show in a few weeks. Seventh District Congresswoman Michelle Fishbach, who was recently elected and has an election coming up again in 2022. Strong district up there for Republicans, although it was held by Colin Peterson for many, many, many years uh, as a blue dog Democrat. Michelle Fishbach now uh, in the seat up in the 7th. She'll be on the show. We're going to have uh, some discussion 
about the Minnesota Attorney General's race and which Republican is going to be up against Keith Ellison, who will be running again for Minnesota Attorney General. Talked about this already, and we hope to have Tina Smith on, Congressman uh, Pete Stauber, Congressman Jim Hagedorn, and uh, probably February or March we'll have on Congressman Dean Phillips from the 3rd Congressional District. Maybe we'll look into the governor's race as well uh, and see if Dr. Scott Jensen, we can get back on uh, the show and uh, maybe some of his challenger, challengers for the Republican endorsement. We'll see uh, who the others are that throw their hat in the, into that ring. But that should be interesting as well. I want to start today by talking about the importance of each and every one of our votes, not just on the ultimate outcome, but to have a voice in how your life can be so greatly affected. Uh, If it were something that you were voting for or voting on that had very little effect on your day-to-day life, had very little effect uh, other than from 30,000 feet on you and your family, you might look askance at it or, or not even participate. But as you all feel and now know, uh, these elections have enormous implications. And it's not just because of 24-hour news that we now know it, although that has a big impact. You can't get out of the way of the drumbeat, uh, cons- consistent chatter about our politicians, about political issues, public policy issues. And so you know that they somehow must be affecting you. But you know it even more when you go to the, to fill up your car with gas, real impact. When you go to the grocery store and you get to, you buy your regular items that you always have, once a week visit maybe, and uh, that grand total is quite a bit different than it has been for years or maybe ever for you. And it wasn't that way uh, with Donald Trump in the White House, but, but it is now. It has gone up exponentially by multiples uh, in the last year. And in the last year, we have had a new president, Joe Biden. This could be called Bidenflation. And it's not my phrase. I wish I could take credit for it because I think it's kind of cute, which is why I use it. Bidenflation. And it's not just a little inflation, because if it were, it probably we probably wouldn't coin the name after Joe Biden. You might if you were just trying to hammer on Joe Biden. But this is a whole new uh, dimension of inflation, this Bidenflation. How big of a new dimension is it? Well, you remember the last time we had inflation. By the way, for many of you, 
in your entire lifetime. You have inflation has not even been an issue. I mean, yeah, there's inflation, but it's so little. You know, it, it just really hasn't been an issue in your life. Well, it's becoming an issue, a big issue. Yeah. And when was the last time it was? A little over 40 years ago. That long ago. Remember Jimmy Carter? Yeah, many people say he wasn't a very good president. In fact, most people say that. In fact, he's ranked down around the bottom by those on the right or left. Historians when you're looking at presidents. And one of the reasons is there was high unemployment and there was high inflation at the same time with Jimmy Carter, 1979, 78, 79, 1980. 13 plus percent inflation one year over the next. Well, if you measure inflation the same way they did back then, what is our inflation now? What does Bidenflation look like? It is 15 plus percent. In the last 60 years, it's never been worse. And they're spending like drunken sailors and he's encouraging it and signing it. So, you know, looking at the economy and the impact on you, yeah, it's an irritant. You know, if you've got a lot of money, it's an irritant, but nothing more. If you're living paycheck to paycheck, budgeting, and you're on the edge and have been for years anyway, but you're working your tail off, and then this inflation happens... And all of the liberal Democrats are saying how much they're helping you as a working person. You start to go, what? That doesn't quite add up for me. And we're going to talk about the differences in the perspective between conservative and liberal fiscal policy. And this is not a commercial for the Republicans. I am just talking about liberal Democrat leadership and what they believe in and why it ends up in causing 15 plus percent inflation. Because there are plenty of Republicans that spend like drunken sailors, too. We're going to be right back. It's the Victory Hour. I'm Andrew Parker. We're talking why our choices have real world, real life consequences. Stay with us. This is going to be a short break. Go to parkerdk.com. We'll be right back. Maybe we found love right where we are. We are back. It's the victory hour, and uh, we're talking about Bidenflation. We're talking about the real-world impacts uh, of decisions made in Washington. Now, listen, 
Some people say, well, we were bound to have this inflation because of coronavirus, because of the worldwide pandemic. And the fact of the matter is, every ill that falls at the doorstep of any politician, you should blame on the coronavirus pandemic, not on that politician's policy decisions. And You know, if if you buy that, I uh, I'm going to throw in the Golden Gate for free. <laughs> Famous line, George Strait. Yes, indeed. If you buy that, I'm going to throw the Golden Gate in for free because uh, there is impact when you print money, pour it into the market and circulate that money. It means that products, that, well, everything is devalued. The dollar is devalued because there are so many more of them out in circulation. And when it's devalued, you got to bring more of them to the grocery store to get what you used to be able to get for less. That's simply a reality. The other thing that happens is wage rates go through the roof. Everything goes up, but your real uh, value of the dollar doesn't. So that's an impact. And that's when you pour a lot of money into the economy. Well, that causes inflation. Have we been pouring a lot of dollars into the market? Well, Donald Trump in May of 2020 signed into law a $2 trillion pandemic safety net measure to try to buoy the economy at a time when it was decimated. Whether that was smart or not, what would have happened had we not, can be debated. And then in December of 2020, he signed into law another $900 billion, $0.9 trillion. So that's $2.9 trillion. Then on top of that, Joe Biden found it to be a great time, perfect timing, to press into action Another $1.2 trillion into the economy for uh, so-called infrastructure. And now they're debating and have passed, uh, at least out of the House of Representatives, this so-called Build Back Better law, which is another supposed one and three-quarter trillion. And this is all in, uh, what, a year and a half? A year and a half. The latest effects or or, uh, analysis that has been done on the effects of this Build Back Better law, which is simply pouring money into the economy, uh, is that it actually has a $5 trillion impact. If you add that $5 trillion over time to the $1.2, you're at $6.2, and you add it to what Trump did at 
you know, you're at $9 trillion. So that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about the impact from inflation. Now, admittedly, the, the Build Back Better hasn't been poured in yet, and it's one and three quarters, not five. But you're still at $6 trillion. And you're at half of that, $3 trillion, just in the last year. And it's printing money and pouring it into the economy. And this now has become mainstream Democrat policy. It is not fringe policy. You remember when... Uh, the green wave had taken over, and it was fringe policy. Bernie Sanders and these crackpots on the fringe of the left, and they got blown out of the water and laughed at. This was a few years ago. Uh, not anymore. Now that's built right into this Build Back Better law, and uh, they're pressing it and pressing it hard. Listen, we're soon going to have a $30 trillion debt in this country. It's a 28 right now. How do you get out of that? How do you ever get out of that? The only way is through production. Well, let's look at that. At the very time, there is more money. People have more money. They're spending more money. Everyone thinks, oh, this is great. It's going to be the roaring 20s again. No, no, excuse me, no. Why? Because nobody is really, not nobody, but a ton of people are not working for this money. It's being given to them. And our national production, our gross uh, domestic product, GDP, which really indicates are we producing for the first time in 60 years? has gone negative, heavy negative. I shouldn't say for the first time in 60 years it's gone negative, but it's gone heavy negative. Never has it gone this negative. Now, people, again, will say, well, it's the pandemic. That's what caused it. No, 2020, yeah, the pan- well, the pandemic had an impact. But what we're seeing is Employers needing to fill jobs and nobody is taking them. And by the way, they're paying hefty wages. Why? Because inflation's through the roof. And you have to. But people aren't taking these jobs. So our GDP is way down at the very time spending is way up. Jeez, that's... You, you normally don't see that. That's unusual. Well, that's what happens when you print money and pour it into the market. And so people start, you know, wheeling around, you know, wheelbarrows full of cash that have little value. That's what happens over time if this continues. And people don't have an incentive to go back to work. And the liberal policies of taking care of people who don't work 
even though they could work. Not those who need a safety net. I'm compassionate to those people, and we need programs to support them. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about millions, tens of millions, who are on the sideline, who have no incentive to go seek a job, which is why you see all these help-wanted signs, which is why major sectors of our economy cannot fill needed positions that they have posted. And our economy is suffering. Listen, even our service economy. Go to a restaurant. You know, the service is not as good. I'm noticing sometimes the food isn't even as good. But it's more about the fact that they've narrowed hours because they can't fill. I mean, you don't have to go very far to see that our economy is limping along. But yet, people are spending wildly. That is a dangerous combination. And people are going to be looking when the bottom falls out from under this for scapegoats and that's when things get ugly particularly when the left has driven this for years this messaging of division this messaging of you are who you look like not what your character is or your value system is it's what you look like Well, you're African-American, so you must be this, this, and this. You stand over there with that group of people that look like you. That's your affinity group. And uh, you're a white European. You stand over here with this group, and you know what they say about them. Racists. All of them. Well, this sort of divisiveness, starting with Barack Obama in large part, as he sold that, but going on steroids with BLM and, and, the, and the critical race theory and, and even legislation that has been adopted, it's horrific. So when you add the Bidenflation to the division in this country, to the enormous levels of crime that we're going to talk about on the other side of this short break, to government mandates and removal of freedoms, to uh, allowing anybody to vote, whether they're a citizen or not. I mean, you're starting to get the dimensions, the boundaries, the borders of, of real revolutionary change. And openly, that's what the liberal left wants. And it's, it's scary. And I'm not talking about, you know, the, the moderate liberal Democrat who has been around forever believing the same thing. They need to wake up and see they've been hijacked. We're going to uh, talk a little bit more about this hijacking 
and the fact that every one of us has a voice and has a vote. And we've got to start using it. Because this picture is dangerous. And the Democratic Party has to wake up. Listen, this is not, again, a commercial for the Republican Party. The Republican Party has a number of issues as well. But the fundamental values, the good values of people on the right and the left are being ignored. And we're being driven to the extremes. And right now, it's the liberal democratic extreme that is threatening this country. We'll be right back after this short break. As you heard, ParkerDK.com is the place to go on the break. You'll take a look at a premier law firm downtown Minneapolis. The premier firm. Uh, Parker Daniels Keyboard. You got an issue, a dispute, and litigation? Give us a call. We'll be right back. I can stand upon God gave me a stage A guitar and a song We're back, it's the Victory Hour I'm Andrew Parker We're talking public policy today And uh, how our Number one priority as a citizen And that is Using our voice and our vote To select Our leaders and to drive policy is very important. It is not a spectator sport uh, governing our country. And as you know, the people govern, or at least we're supposed to. And when we give that up and acquiesce, problems like we're facing today hit us, and they hit us hard. That is unemployment. That is employers that can't find people to take jobs, uh, regardless of the unemployment rate, uh, inflation, Bidenflation, highest level of inflation, 60 years, lowest level of gross domestic product, or at least the biggest reduction in 60 years, both at the same time while people are spending and spending. But they're not taking jobs, they're not working, they're not creating, they're not adding value. It's a dangerous combination when you add it to the day-to-day constant refrain of division, one person to the next, that has now seeped into our schools, teaching people to dislike because of the differences. No, that's not their intent, for sure. Their stated intent is the opposite. But that is what is going on. Because you're, talk, you're talking about dividing people and identifying people based upon what they look like. And it's simply wrong. We're going to talk about that a little bit more this segment. We're going to talk about the impact that differences people have and the and the and how how uh 
those differences are described is important. The words we use are important. The enormous levels of crime. When you combine that and throw that into the mix, you know, you are creating a brew of destruction here. And the manner in which our leaders are dealing with crime, not dealing with it by trying to eradicate the criminal, those that ignore our laws, those that thumb their nose at our laws, but actually allowing them to do it, virtually telling them they can do it. You can go in and you can steal up to $1,000 worth. We, we will not prosecute that. But anything more than that, I mean, it's insane. But it's happening. It is happening. And the most heinous of crimes, the most serious and violent of crimes are way up, double digits and more, in cities across the country. How are we dealing with it? Defund the police. It's all about the police department. It's about the police officers. Prosecutors don't prosecute. Let let them out. And we see what happens when criminals with a rap sheet a hundred long get out. You see it on the news every week. And then you add to that taking away people's freedoms at the same time. One, you take away their guns. Two, you talk about it. Two, you got government mandates. Mask mandates, vaccine mandates. You know. Horrific for me to even question them. Listen, I've gotten the vaccine. I got the booster. And it's not about my opinion on the subject. But I can tell you, there are a lot of very smart scientists who say this is all about natural immunity. But it doesn't matter. The point is, it's a government mandate. Whether it's a proper mandate or not a proper mandate, government mandates need to be questioned. And scrutinized. All of this in the brew is going to create a very volatile situation. Listen, there's someone who I have been reading more recently, but I've read for a number of years, but much more recently. That is Barry Weiss. The New York Times also wrote for the Wall Street Journal, but but really was a uh, senior uh, or was a a primary editor uh, at the New York Times until she resigned and wrote a public letter about the harassment that she suffered for having the gall to actually take a sometimes pro-Israel position and speak contrary to some of the hard-left progressive ideas of the New York Times when it came to a number of issues, to the point where she ultimately had to resign. And you should look up uh, her resignation letter, Barry Weiss, B-A-R-I-W-E-I-S-S, Barry Weiss, 
She now has started an online newspaper. She has well over 100,000 subscribers, and it is absolutely outstanding. Common Sense with Barry Weiss. Go to Barry Weiss at substack.com. Let me give you a little inkling of it. And, and the reason on this show I want to raise these things is to come back to the very issue we're discussing. Our choices have consequences because things like what Barry Weiss is writing about are crazy. Do they reflect? Now, some people don't think they're crazy. I don't want to be derogatory. I think they're crazy. You know, some people don't think they're crazy. They think that's exactly the world we want to create. Well, that is the world we're creating right under our nose. It's happening. And let me describe some of it. I've just talked about it with Bidenflation, with people not taking jobs because they're better off sitting at home, not working, even though they're fully capable and needed in our economy to work. Needed. As our economy limps along, they sit at home. Because the government has created that incentive. People spending like drunken sailors out there, but we're not creating anything. We're not producing. We're dividing people. We have more crime, government mandates. All right. What else? Well, here are a few stories that Barry Weiss writes about. Jussie Smollett. How about that story? You know, does that change the, your life or change the, the, the country? Yeah. No, that specific story doesn't, but, but it, it sure does in terms of the concepts of it. Black Lives Matter came out in full support of Jesse Smollett, stating, quote, In our commitment to abolition, we can never believe police, especially the Chicago Police Department, over Jesse Smollett, a black man who has been courageously present, visible, and vocal in the struggle for black freedom. That's what they put out. Jesse Smollett was just convicted of five of six counts of his fraud, of diminishing real racism. And if Black Lives Matter doesn't understand that, they're undermining the protection of black lives. Because when real racist issues occur, like what he claimed occurred to him, those things do happen. But when you lie about it, as he did. It undermines, waters down, and creates an entire new narrative that prevents people from really understanding racism and taking it seriously, as it must be. And Barry Weiss raises on, on this point says she's fascinated by the question of, first, why Smollett did this. Well, he did it because he was playing on the hysteria of Black Lives Matter, playing on the hysteria of critical race theory, playing on the hysteria of defunding the police, as if the crimes in our communities happen because of the police. But then the other question is, why is it that so many people believed this story 
that two mega racists in downtown Chicago in red baseball hats put a noose around his neck and, you know, poured bleach on him, etc., and said these things and beat him. Well, it's because the media has driven that narrative. It creates in at least half the population, oh, that's completely believable. I'm sure that happened. And the media, after this story came out, immediately after, fully say, oh, it absolutely happened, before anybody even looked into it. They didn't even say alleged. It was a fact. You know, listen, I've been saying for a long time, at the foundation, setting aside all the policy decisions and differences of the parties and the right and the left, what the media has done in this country is the most despicable of all of it and the most dangerous, the media. You can hardly even find anywhere just straightforward coverage. The facts. Just the facts. No spin. Short, simple, straightforward. It's gone. And it started with broadcast news. And then went to CNN. And now it's a joke. But a dangerous one. We're going to be right back for our final segment. I've got a number of uh, topics uh, to raise. We're going to talk about Latinx. Uh, we're going to talk about well, a little quote from Prince Harry. We're going to talk about adoption versus abortion. Abortion, an issue I never talk about on this show. I'm going to raise that quickly. And a couple of other things uh, just to highlight why it's important that we express ourselves with our voice and our vote. This will be a short break. Stay with us. We'll be right back. are back. It's the Victory Hour. And we're talking choices have consequences. So turning back to what Barry Weiss reported this past week, she talks about a recent poll that about 2% like of Hispanics like the term Latinx. Well, about 40% are actively offended by it. Nonetheless, The Democrats insist on calling Hispanic people Latinx uh, or Lutinix and not Hispanics. You you can't use that phrase anymore, according to liberal Democrats. Uh, 68% of those polled, those Hispanics polled, prefer the already general neutral term Hispanic. And as Barry Weiss puts it, quote, it appears the only people who liked the term were white guys in Fort Greene who could use it to fire anyone who didn't go to Yale with them. I mean, it's a beautiful phrase the way she it's it's you, you, go to Barry Weiss 
at substack.com and subscribe. This is, uh, it's great. Listen, she's a liberal. She comes from a liberal background, but she has seen her liberal ideals and values hijacked. We need more people who understand that and understand it well. How about this one she reports on? She apologizes that last week I wrote correct, incorrectly that the transgender swimmer Leah Thomas swims for Penn State. She actually swims for the University of Penn, so she, so Barry Weiss apologized. She then went on and said, by the way, Leah Thomas, who competed for years on the men's swim team before joining the women's swim team, she's transgender, has broken several national women's swimming records and finished one race a full 38 seconds ahead of her second-place finisher. That's the world we're in. There it is. Uh, use your voice and get out and vote. We're going to be here next week. Until then, I wish you the best of weeks coming up. Be well. Justice, honor, duty, mercy, and hope. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.